As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey guys, before we start today's show, just want to let you know about the Athletics Black Friday deal. Starting Monday night at 5 Eastern, the Athletics Great Writing is available for just a dollar a month for 12 months. It's our Black Friday sale, dollar a month for 12 months for new subscribers. Get on board. Go to http theathletic.com slash civilized barking, theathletic.com slash civilized barking, and lock in our very best price of the year, one dollar a month for new subscribers. Hey everybody, it's Civilized Barking, Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd, about 90 minutes uh, after a soggy, sloppy, but healing um, in many ways win for the Browns, who got up early on the Lions. The Lions are pretty hapless. The Lions had more penalty yards than passing yards before their final drive. Um, so it got a little hairy. Some of it, that's the NFL. Um, some of it, you know, the the Browns just don't score in the second halves of games, and, and it's going to come there. And, you know, DeAndre Swift is a good back, and he busted one. And really, Dan Campbell goes ahead and kicks twice. Um, but, you know, Jason, it, it didn't get super hairy. I mean, Nick Chubb prevented that. Nick Chubb is who he is. Um, you know, I think as we sat and talked, certainly two and a half quarters in, we didn't think we would be focusing much on this game at all, right? It seemed in hand. Um, I'm not going to say the Browns are broken, but the Browns are not not good. And the Browns don't give off good vibes. And the defense and Chubb bailed them out today, and you need that. Right. Um, but my God, is the passing game awful? Shout out to the uh, listener who wrote in last week and said he appreciates the columns in the podcast, but wish we would not talk about Baker after every <laughs> after every one. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, here we go. <laughs> um, you, you, you can't hand the ball away like that. And you have to generate more out of your pass game and, and you know, they, they did have four pass plays of 20 yards or more, but they only scored 13 points. They have not scored more than 17 since the Chargers game. And since that, they have seven fourth quarter points total. And again, the defense rose up and they didn't need them. Um, they overcame their own penalties, probably their own malaise here in playing the Lions and being up two scores on Tim Boyle. Uh, gosh, I don't know. We're seven minutes into this podcast. I'm just going to throw it to you. This was ugly. 
it was necessary. It was ugly. Um, no giving it back. But, man, it's another time we leave this stadium and we wonder, like, who left the stadium smiling from the home team. Not very many from the sounds of things. And, you know, I, I tweeted after the game, hey, this is a rock fight. It was a slap fight. It wasn't even a rock fight. It was a slap fight. But you won the game, and somehow, some way, as flawed and broken as this team is, they're still in the division hunt. Like, you beat Baltimore Sunday night, and you're in this. And now I don't think they're going to, but it's there in front of them. So, like, that's what I was planning on writing, and that's what that was what I was all about. Then Baker decides to Baker and leaves the field without saying a word to anyone, handed off his helmet, put on a ball cap, walks up the tunnel before there are zeros on the clock, doesn't say anything to his teammates, no midfield, hugs and handshakes with the opponents, which is customary, nothing. And then postgame comes and goes, no quarterback. Baker chooses not to talk. So even when the Browns win, they can't even celebrate correctly because the quarterback is pouting. Now, why is the quarterback pouting? Who knows? I, I My guess, and this is only a guess, since he's not going to talk, we'll talk for him. My guess is because he was booed pretty harshly. And I'm sure in his mind, he's thinking, man, I'm beat up. You know, my knee hurts, my toe hurts, my shoulder hurts, and you people are out here booing me. That's just a guess. I'm. It's conjecture on my part. I typically don't like to do that. But I don't know any other way to read it other than that. Uh, I agree with you. There is something wrong with this team. And from the Odell stuff to now the Baker stuff, there's just even th- – this is why we can't have nice things. Because even in a win, even with the Browns somehow – dragging and limping their way in this divisional race, they're still in it. And yet we're talking about a quarterback who doesn't fulfill his obligations with the media, refuses. I I mean, Zach, you've been doing this a hell of a lot longer than I have in the NFL. I can't recall a time when the winning quarterback did not speak when it wasn't injury related. No, and it's a violation of, of the policy. Um, it is. So important clarification, it's not it, – he declined to speak. It's not that he wasn't made available, right? Um, Correct. Yes. He. Yeah. If I miss. Yeah. No. I just. That, I you know, like I said. I. I no, just wanted right. to make sure because I initially tweeted, he chose not to talk. Yeah. I initially tweeted not not made available because that's how it was spun. Right. Right. Um, right. You know, I, I see guys that the tweets like ask this. We keep asking on here in writing and to the coach if they need to change quarterback. If Case Keenum is a better option than. In what's out there, this version of Baker Mayfield. And we all think the answer is yes, but Kevin Stefanski doesn't think that, and it's his vote. So he said he's healthy enough to finish the game. He said he's healthy enough to play. Um, so that that was not a winning performance. I I don't know, Jason, was it, was it worse than his performance last week? Arguably. I mean, they did create a few plays when last week they didn't. Um, but you have to score in this league. You have to make explosive plays. You know, you you have to see what the defense gives you and even be able to test what they don't, right? And that fourth quarter interception, two guys, the second guy picked it. I mean, you cannot make that throw there. That that the defense rises up and holds into a field goal and the and the Lions settle for a field goal. Or you lose to the Detroit Lions because of that throw. <laughs> right? Um 
That's not injury related. That's bad. That's bad decision making. Bad quarterback play. That was a terrible, terrible decision to throw that football where he threw it. I don't want to hear. And and you know what? I guess I'm like the only one because, you know, I keep going back to nobody was talking about the injuries after the Bengals game. He played well against Cincinnati. We didn't hear anything about injuries. Now all of a sudden he's played like shit the last two weeks, and now it's back on. Oh, he should be playing because it's the injuries. The Browns are out of chances. Like, they are playing for their playoff lives. And I look at this as Kevin Stefanski saying he's our starting quarterback, and I can't take the chance of losing to the winless Lions with my backup quarterback. If they were 7-3 and three coming into this, even 6-4, and four, you know, maybe it's a different scenario. Maybe you have a little bit more freedom and leeway to say, hey, you know, let's sit you down and get you ready for Baltimore. They don't have that luxury because they have to win every game at this point right now. They had to win today just to make next week matter. So I I guess I'm like the only one that I guess I kind of understand, I think, why, why Stefanski. I know everyone else is against it, but I kind of understand why he keeps throwing them out there. All right, st- stop right there. I understand his thinking on it, too. I think it's dead wrong. I mean, okay. and Baker keeps showing that it's dead wrong. Well, I don't think Baker's very good. Well, right, and and, and this version of him, and I don't think it's injury related. I just don't think he's a very well, good quarterback. Yeah, that's because your eyes work. Nothing, everything else is failing you at your age. <laughs> but um, you, you have to look and say, and you know, the reasons he's not doing it are because they're trying to present a unified front. They're not trying to open the door to anything else, right? They're not right. trying to uh, further derail a season that's that's had this turmoil, some of which is unavoidable because it's the NFL and some of which is, you know, a collection of personalities and things not clicking and adjustments need needing to be made really from Monday through Sunday. But you're out is that you're not, it doesn't have to be performance based. And you saw him in the second half, Jason limping around after plays. So whether he's doing that for effect or not, and I don't know, I'm not accusing him of anything. And he probably not because he's hurt as hell. He was on the injury report with three different injuries this week. When you trot him back out there, like I'm sitting here saying that is the wrong decision. And that's and then to go a step further, that's you have your out and you're still playing him. He is completely ineffective and he almost cost you a game against the Detroit Lions today. So I'm with you. I understand why he's doing it. I think it's flat wrong. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Oh, boy. I, I just don't even like I, I, I don't under I, I don't understand the season. I, I don't understand I don't understand how we got here. And it's still in front of them. They're not out of anything. Are the odds against them? Yes, the odds are against them. Can they still win this division? Yes. Baltimore almost lost to Chicago today. Obviously, without Lamar Jackson, you would think, you know, whatever virus he's battling, it's not COVID, he'll be back next week. And so that obviously changes them dramatically. But right now, everything is still in front of the Browns. I, I don't like as as badly as they have played at times, and this offense is a disaster. Chubb bailed him out, twenty two carries. That's a ton for him compared to where they normally keep him. Uh, you know, you're going into this week thinking we still have a chance to win this division. 
No, and they do. And and that's the thing. You, you needed to come out of here today with the win. Uh, and as it sat at 13-0 at half, I thought, all right, well, they'll get one more. They don't need to get any more than that. They'll slop their way home. It's fine. And instead, you have more terrible quarterback play. You know, like I said, at least the defense and Nick Chubb stepped up and bailed you out. But then you have the quarterback act like a child. Yep. And you have the coach again with no real explanation other than saying he's he's fine. He's not fine. He's 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 not fine. <laughs> so how much of it, but how much of it there's like two conversations here. Maybe. I, I, I. There's the injury component. <clears throat> and there's the talent component. Is Baker hurt or is he not very good? Well, both is the answer. Um, and in a year... Because the Baker defenders, and there's not many left, but the no. Baker defenders will say if he was healthy, he would look he would look like the quarterback we saw in the second half of last year. Now that Odell's gone and, and whatever else, the injuries are, are holding him back. Sure. The Odell thing was was the last crutch that the Baker defenders have. And, and yep. I, I, I promise I'm not trying to make this personal. I would say, Jason, even two weeks ago, there are people who would specifically say, Baker's fine, he fits this team, he's not healthy, and what what Zach and Jason write and say is not what the Browns think, and the Browns show that they stick with him. And then these last eight quarters are out there. And he's regressing, this offense is regressing. Again, guys. In seven fourth quarter points. Today, they almost lost to the Detroit Lions. <laughs> it's both, is your answer. From the start, the passes are erratic. Jarvis Landry in the first quarter is wide open in the middle of the field. He sails it over his head by 10 yards. Wide open. Wide open. We're not even taking into account the, the open guys he doesn't see because teams make a conscious effort to keep him in the pocket where he can't see. He's hurt, which likely affects his fundamentals, likely affects his confidence, and likely gets that internal clock that has to be fast in the NFL, going even faster than it can be and can't match match his injured body. And then he throws to the other team. But Stefanski continues to say that he's the best option for this team. And I guess Kevin Stefanski has four quarters left for that to be right. Right? Because I wholeheartedly disagree. He's killing the Browns. And here are the Browns with a winning record going to Baltimore to play on Sunday night football. And the vibe from everybody, not just us, not just from Section 124, not just from anywhere, the vibe from everybody is, oh, my gosh, this this team is going nowhere and this is a disaster because they don't have a quarterback. And the head coach is hurting by playing this quarterback. To me, that part's indisputable. <sighs> okay, so what do you do next week? Uh, what do we do next week? Sunday night football with Sunday night football with the season on the line. The season is on the line next week. You're not making the playoffs as a wild card. Do we agree on that? Or do yeah, you think it's, they still have a it's shot? highly, highly unlikely. Yes. So you have to, and you have to sweep both. You basically have to sweep the division. Is that fair? Like I'm yeah, trying I mean, to chop this up into bites. Now, l- let me say. Let me walk it back a half step. Okay. If you get to 11 wins, you would still have a shot at a wild card. And so you could lose, in theory, you could lose next week and win out and do it. But but 
To get to 11, you have one more loss. And next week is it because you're a game and a half behind the Ravens. And if you lose, you're two and a half behind with five to play, and that's just not realistic. Right. 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 Even though you play them again, that's just that's just not realistic. And then you'd be six and six, needing to win out all five to get to the wild card, which wouldn't be guaranteed, and it would just seem hard as hell to win out. Because today was the last day that you play a team that's not at least mathematically in playoff contention, and there's a shot that you know not only do you play the Ravens back to back the Baltimore Ravens, but every team you play is in a race of its own, whether it's for division, home field, um, wild card, whatever, every single game. And, and the Steelers or Bengals might fall off. I don't know. You know, we don't know exactly what the Packers situation will be, but, you know, they're not going to be trying to lose a game with three games left. Right. So, um, yeah, the, so it, it basically comes down to next week where you have – had all these injuries and like I said, all this drama and you've, you know, either not met expectations or you weren't ready for them in the first place. And, and your quarterback has flailed and is playing with one, two, three injuries listed on the injury report. And the head coach is saying he's the right guy. And you've scored seven fourth quarter points since October 10th. So what do you do next week? You have two you games now. You got to win the game, baby, and then everything's great. Who's your um, quarterback? Well, you're playing, to me, you're what do Keenum, I do? Right? I play Case Keenum because yeah. it gives you a better chance to win. What you do is you go and you get Nick Chubb rolling. You rely on this O line. Um, you have to, you know, to make it really work. You have to mix in the, the misdirection. The Ravens are an up in your face man press on the outside and bring blitzers from all comers defense. So you have to smack them in the mouth by. First of all, Nick Chubb, you know, right at him to make him back off. You're going to have to hit screens, but at some point you're going to have to stand in there against the, the face of that blitz and throw it over the top or at least challenge them to the outside. You're going to have to run away from blitzers, and you're going to play an injured quarterback in Baltimore Sunday night football. The Browns haven't been able to throw the ball down the field in months other than the Bengals game. There was a play today, Jason. We'll get away from it for, for a minute. Shout out again to that listener. Um Third quarter, I believe, Lions ball. Miles beats this guy. I don't know if it was a screen or not, but Miles was back there faster than, than the Lions even knew that he would be. Boyle sees it coming, changes the arm angle, and dumps out. I guess it probably was a screen to Hawkinson. Catches it, turns, barely gets to square his body. JOK comes flying, chops him down. It's a one-yard loss or a you know gain of, of nothing significant. JOK limps off, aggravated ankle injury. So you go from exactly what the front office envisioned in this D-line designed to wreck games and get upfield and, you know, be in, be in passing lanes and, and be a headache to this guy cleaning it up to now he's limping off again. So, again, you, you, you chose Clowney and these guys for Lamar Jackson. You chose John Johnson and JOK, right, for Lamar Jackson next week. Um, so the injuries are the story. Sure. Every team has them. No team is playing offense this bad. And that's with Nick Chubb running for 130 yards and bailing you out. I mean, you you have to score points. I mean, I don't know. The weather could be bad, and and both defenses could show up, and next week could be 19-17, right? But first of all, you have to score to put pressure on them. Secondly, you have to score because Justin Tucker's range starts, you know, three counties away, (laughs) right? Thirdly, if you put your injured quarterback out there and he can't escape the blitz, 
then Nick Chubb would have to run 40 times for 400 yards or else he's just going to get beaten and battered and eventually you'll get beat. I mean, we've seen the Browns go into Baltimore and play well and win, and, and, and Chubb's done it. Like I said, you, the best way to contain this blitz is to go right at it, and that it, that it, that means you're going to have to take some shots, both letting your quarterback get hit and chucking it deep and you know trying to make them pay, trying to catch them in man coverage. The Browns don't have any receivers who can run away from anybody. Yeah, they ran. So that's a problem too. They ran an under on with a tight end today, and I laughed. I guess my you said he's faster than any receiver they have. Yeah, I guess. I guess my thesis statement is: at very least, you know what it's going to look like, and if you're Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt, exactly what you draft up Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and go over again Friday before you jog through, you know he's going to operate it exactly that way. So to me, watching every snap, I think that version, regardless of how limited it may eventually be, is better than this version that was put out there because these are this is eight quarters of just terrible going nowhere offensive football. Uh, switch gears real quick. The, the, the pre-snap penalties continue to be a problem on both sides of the ball, frankly, and three offsides. And you noticed Malik McDowell jumped. Was it the first play of the game? He jumps. Uh, it was the first series. It was first like series. maybe the first third down of the game. Yeah. And it, yeah, Brown's got the ball first, so it couldn't have been the first play. But but he you, you notice he was running off the field right away. And you asked Stefanski about it, and he said that's something they've done before. If you jump offsides, you come out of the game. Well, Miles jumped right before the half. This was funny. Miles jumps right before the half, and Port Augustine comes in to replace him, and Miles refuses to come off the field and looks at the sideline and shakes his head, no, like, I'm not coming off. So I walked out with him after his thing, and I said, did you refuse to come off the field? He goes, yep. <laughs> and he said, he goes, hell no, I'm not coming off. And I said, well, who left then? He goes, I don't know, one of the inside guys, one of the DTs left, because I didn't catch who, who, who eventually did come off. But Miles just cracks me up sometimes. Like, he'll just say whatever he wants. He does whatever he wants. They said it is suffering. Because I wondered when he jumped, given what you had said earlier about, you know, you it, if, if you jump, you have to leave the game. And would they do that with their best defensive player and the most ferocious pass rusher in the league? And, yeah, the standard was the same, just to Fancy's credit. They tried to get him off the field. Miles refused. What do you do? Somebody else has to run off. (laughs) But the larger larger point on that, pre-snap penalties continue to be a problem. Kevin talked about it again after the game, post-game. I don't know what you do because this a lot of this stuff, this looks like the Freddy year with some of this stuff. And I thought they got all that cleaned up and, and sort of, you know, cleansed last year, and now a lot of it's back. Right. I, I guess sitting here two hours after this game, um, no one ever claimed it would be easy, and I'm not claiming I could do a better job than Kevin Stefanski's doing. But every single week he tells us Baker's tough, he's toughing it out, the results are awful, and he says we'll get the penalties fixed, and the next week they come out and they don't have the penalties fixed. <laughs> and, like, one or two offsides a game with this D-line, that's – it's kind of what you sign up for. I mean, Miles said, "How do, somebody said, how do you explain it? And he said, well, we're trying to beat the snap count. Yeah. They, they are trying to get an advantage on us by us not knowing it, and we're trying to get an advantage on them by jumping it and beating them into the backfield, disrupting the whole thing. So you're going to live with that to an extent. But this team just consistently with the dumb penalties. And really, you could sum up the whole day like this. The Lions got a 15-yard unsportsmanlike, at, not only after the play, but between quarters, <laughs> between the third and fourth quarters. It kills a drive 
and the Browns win by three points. That is inexcusable, all-time dumb, loser football. The Lions did it. The Browns didn't. The Browns today were like a step ahead of the Lions. And, and I don't – like I said, the overall sloppiness in the weather, like no one expected this to be a work of art today, right? But I, ju- I just think the overall everything is sloppy, it's inconsistent, and it leaves you feeling like they're not playing – the right quarterback, and that even though they are 6-5 and five, and even though they are going to play to the one big game, it just feels like a lot is off. And, you know, I, I just – that's the seventh time I've said that. I don't know what else to say. Well, I want to touch on this real quick because I was thinking of this during the game, and I, I don't think I mentioned it to you, but watching the Lions play reminded me a lot of the Browns of a few years ago. You haven't won a game all year long. You just came up with a huge turnover. You have fourth and one, and you kick a freaking field goal. Like, you got a chance to go in the game. That, that's a momentum swing for the Browns to, to, on a sudden change like that, to hold you to three, given where you started with possession. And then you got a third and 14. You run a draw on third and 14, which, okay, fine. But then go for it. Go for it on fourth down. Why would you punt the ball away? I mean, the Browns, you had all three of your timeouts with three minutes left. But I don't understand. And, and Miles said that he wasn't surprised that they kicked the field goal. And he wasn't surprised. He said, you know, they ran a draw on third and 12 last week against the Steelers. And I don't mind, I guess, third and 14 because you're trying to catch them off guard and you got five on it. But then go for it on fourth down. Why would you punt it back to them? And, and, and then, of course, they didn't get the ball back the rest of the game. Like that, that to me was like 2017 Browns watching Detroit try and play the fourth quarter. Right. Um, and, and Stefanski wants to be. Flipping, even flipping that around, Stefanski wants to be the, the fourth down guy and go for it. And early in the year, they were. What's he telling us now about his quarterback, but he's still playing him? What do you mean? I'm talking about the he's Lions. He's saying he – Oh, yeah, I see he's saying saying flip. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. Sorry about the miscommunication there. I'm just saying, like, obviously a lot of this team's identity is lost without Kareem Hunt and without Nick Chubb. And the numbers bear that out. The Browns average 28 a game when those two play, and they average under 17 a game when those two don't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, like, if you're if you're going to be fourth down go for it, team, you got to go for it. Yeah. Right? If, if you're always going to play three tight ends, then there's got to be a play to where those guys are open. Right? Like, and if you're going to run an end around to a tight end, he's got to make something of it. I mean, there was other times today where Najoku's open and the ball's just not in his zip code. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and there's also a, the big pass to Hooper where if he stays on his feet, like that's a walk-in touchdown. But he has Oop. to fall down every time he <laughs> We've said that all year. <laughs> you pointed that out. 11 million next. I mean, he blocks his ass off, but his cap number is 11 million. And he falls down every time he catches it. Mm-hmm. So, anyway um, – it's a big game Sunday in Baltimore, and, and everything is still in front of this team. It just feels weird because, you know, their their quarterback is killing them, and not a lot has been great. And here they are to, I guess, go make it great. I, I would say last year on Thanksgiving weekend, they went down to Jacksonville, and they punished them, but the, the past game started to come alive, and I think, I think at that point there was a – a confidence meeting, a comfort level with the coaching staff. Um, 
Olivier Vernon was playing well. Miles had COVID. But I think guys were stepping up and they were trending positively. And here, you know, you're playing Blake Hans at right tackle. Um, you don't have Troy Hill. JOK is hurt again. And Baker's walking down the tunnel before the game's over and refusing to speak with the media. But other than that, everything's fine. Other than that, everything's fine. Six and five. Big game Sunday. You got any last thoughts? Nope. Get me, get me out of here. This is trash. Yep. All right. Um, holiday week. Don't know the exact schedule. There will be a Civilized Barking Browns Ravens podcast. There will be stuff for you to read on the site. As always, it just the, the days and times will be a little bit different. I think the Browns are following a pretty normal schedule with the exception of, of Thursday in terms of when people are available. And we'll see if the quarterback shows up to his obligations this time. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.